It's been fun to hear a lot of the stories of how people are experiencing miracles, how God is answering prayer, seeing people healed, uh, testimonies of God helping families, God providing financially, lots of great, great stories. And so we truly celebrate those things. But I want to ask a question today. How many of you at all of our campuses, you would say right now that you have not received your miracle yet and you're still believing for a breakthrough? Would you just raise your hand right now? Come raise it up right now. Just still praying for miracle. I need you to keep your hand up, all of our campuses, for just a second. I want you to look around the room. I want you to see that you're not the only one still praying for a miracle. Listen, when you're this deep into a miracle series and you're hearing about everybody else's miracle, you can start thinking that your prayer life is broke. (laughs) You can start just thinking like, man, everybody else is getting a miracle. I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that God is moving, but he is still on the move. I would even say it this way. The truth is I've discovered in my own life that there are more times when God does not answer when or how I expected him to. And then the times when I'd say he does, like, yep, that was just the way I prayed it. And God did it. It doesn't typically happen like that for me. So when people talk like that, I'm like, well, bless you. That's awesome. God bless you, and he likes you more, apparently. You're happy? There you go. I, I just don't even know what you want me to say right now. Like, because sometimes I'm just going, man, it, it hadn't worked like that. Or, well, he answered. He just said no, you know, or something like that. I look at that and think, man, why is it different like that for me? I've wondered why. Maybe you have too. Why was it that when you prayed for your loved one to be healed, they still passed away? Why do you struggle with anxiety when you've asked repeatedly for God to take it away? Why didn't you get the new job that you applied for? Why can't you get married when you've been asking God? Why can't you start a family when you've been fasting and praying? Why? Why haven't we seen a a miracle yet? Am I getting too real too fast or is this okay today? How many of you know we need to preach Bibles? We need to preach the Word of God that doesn't just sound good on Sunday, but it works on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. God's not intimidated by my questions. He's got all the answers. Even when I don't understand them, He still has them. And so today, I want to pause for just a moment to go about, what about when you don't see the miracle yet? What about for those of us who are praying and we're still saying, ouch, Haven't made it through it yet. Well, we've already looked at some of the reasons why we don't see miracles. Uh, Pastors started off by saying in order to have a need met, you got to start off with a need. Uh, If you're going to have God answer prayer, you got to pray. you got to ask. You have to pray with faith. He even talked about eight ways to receive your miracle. So this week, I want to talk about another reason why perhaps God still hasn't answered your prayer the way you expected. And in my opinion, this is one of the most common ways or reasons. And this is also one of the most complicated ones. So this is a bit theologically dicey. Like this one, this one's a little bit controversial. You know, this one's a little bit confusing. Scholars debate it. And yet, I'm going to break it down for you today and make it as plain as possible. Now, I could show you a picture of the Temple Mount. I could show you a picture of the Holy Holies, and we could try and figure it out. I could show you a graph of, let's dissect the word miracle in the Greek. Like, I could pull that up, but those aren't the pictures I want to show you today. Here's the one that's going to help you. Go ahead and pull it up. This is going to give you a breakthrough. Look at that. There's your answer right there, friends. You're like, I've been wondering why I haven't seen my miracle yet. Here, Some of you are thinking, what in the world? 
He's had too many Andes, frozen custard. He's lost his mind. Anybody like Andes? You ever been to Andes, frozen custard before? If you haven't, it will set you free. It'll bless you. In heaven, I'm convinced we will enjoy God's presence. We will enjoy no more pain in our bodies and unlimited Andes for the rest of each. I'm believing for that. It's not in the Bible, but I'm believing for it. I'm hoping for it. Andy's is one of my favorite ice cream stops, like one of my favorite treat places. If I'm going to go anywhere for any kind of dessert, and I try to be selective, I try to be careful, we, we try to hold it for special occasions. I don't need to be spending all that money or eating all those calories. So it's just something we're very careful about. But birthdays, holidays, Groundhog Day, anything that I can find, I'm like, hey, we probably need to go celebrate. And go to Andy's. But it, it really is, for my taste, a little too uh, few and far between. But one day, I, I pulled in there, and I'd been waiting for a while. I was like, man, today is the day. It's Andy's day. And, and I got my favorite. I, I, I love the Heath Bar concrete. I don't have to look at the menu. Everybody else just stare at the menu. Go ahead. I, don't, I, know, I know what I'm getting. You can't beat it. It's my favorite. I've tried a lot. This is the go-to. This is it. And, and so I don't have any questions for the people. When I order, I don't stutter. I just tell them. I just... Heath Bar Concrete, thank you. You know, I just, I, I just, I know what I'm doing. And so I ordered my Heath Bar Concrete and, and uh, you know, paid for it. And, and they gave me my Heath Bar Concrete. And I, I started pulling out. I couldn't wait, though. I, I went ahead and showed. How many know it's good when you can't even wait to get out of the parking lot? You just go right ahead. I, I filled it up so full my spoon was bending about to break. And, man, I just took me a big old bite of it. And as soon as I did, I knew something was wrong. I was like, what in the world? What is? And I pulled it back and I looked at it. They had given me the wrong one. You know, it didn't just hit me a little bit wrong. It just crawled all over me. I made it clear. I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting for this moment. I paid for it. I didn't stutter. I got it. I was clear. Took a bit. I was upset. Some of you are like, come on, pastor. Show some grace. Listen, some things you just don't mess with. So I had to turn around. I just had to turn around. But I hadn't left the parking lot yet. So I, I, I turned around, and I got back in line. I was like, hey, you know, some things you could just smooth it. But I'm not going to waste 100,000 calories on something I didn't order. And so uh, while I was waiting, I, uh, I just took another little quick bite. You know how you do on something like that. They're going to throw it away anyway. You know the stuff that we just about. Now, listen, I'm not like some of y'all, though. You'll you get a cheeseburger and eat the whole thing except for the last bite. And then you'll walk back up to the counter saying something like, uh, it's supposed to have pickles on it. I'm going to need a new one. Now, I'm not that bad. Some of y'all are bad. Some of y'all just do it just like that. Eat the whole thing and walk up and say, oh, you forgot the ketchup. I'm going to need a new one. I didn't do it like that. But I, I admit I did sneak another little bite. I'm just sitting there waiting. They're going to throw it away. I slipped me another one. And the more I ate it, the better it got. <laughs> I had me a revelation, y'all. Like, I'm not even joking. I started eating. I was like, mmm. That was the bit. It became my all-time favorite Andes. It's what I order to this day. Now, I had a friend afterwards who asked me, he's like, well, what kind was it? I said, I don't know. I didn't order it. 
I don't know what it was. And it was just plaguing me. Cause I, and it took me a few times. I had to, this is a popular word to, in today's time, but I had to deconstruct my Andes just to figure out what was in it. I had to like piece by piece go down. Like what was that taste and what was it? And so for those of y'all who are curious, I'm going to bless you. So what you do is... You order the, I don't know if this is how they intention. This is how I finally got to it. This is how I landed. You got to order the strawberry concrete, exchange the cher- the strawberries for cherries, mm, and then keep the chocolate chips, but add caramel. My, my, we need to take a praise break. And everybody go to Andy's right now and just have one. But, oh, a cup full of pure deliciousness. You're like, well, what does that have to do with my miracle? Well, it gives you some context for my title today. Okay, so if you're taking notes, you can write it down. And here's my title. Not what I thought I wanted. Not what I thought I wanted. When you're not seeing your miracle, it can be hard. When you're in this series and you're hearing these faith-building messages on how God hears, how God answers, how God helps us, how God heals us, and, and you're hearing all of that, but you're still living in pain, it can take a taxation on you. It can, it can wear you down just a little bit. When you're singing the songs in worship about the goodness of God and how he delivers and, and how he sets free, but you're still battling addiction, I know that I'm not the only one that you've been singing songs before, and as you're singing it, you're thinking that is in direct contradiction to what I'm living through right now. Come on, you should have said amen right there and don't leave me by myself. Have you ever been singing it? Have you ever been encouraging somebody else's faith, talking about how good God is, but as you say it, there's something in you that just goes, but he hadn't done that in this case for you. We want to keep it real because God's not intimidated by this. But we need to press in and figure out what is the Lord up to. Sometimes we think and we're tempted to think that God's not hearing or God's not answering prayer. Or if he is answering prayer, at least he's not answering mine. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough. Maybe God is mad at me because of my past sins. Maybe I'm not doing it right. But before you lose hope, I want to take you to a passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I believe it's going to help you. This passage captures a very insightful window into the life of Paul, the Apostle Paul. You ever heard of the Apostle Paul? Come on, wave at me if you know who I'm talking about, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was the original Chuck Norris. How many of you ever heard of Chuck Norris? You know what I'm talking about? Have you heard those Chuck Norris jokes? Come on, I like those Chuck Norris jokes. Like he's so tough, he's so bad. You know in all of his movies, he always wins. You know, he beats up like 84 people, just karate chopping. You know, he's just, he's bad like that. Chuck Norris is so tough. He's so cool that when he's doing push-ups, he's not going up. He's pushing the earth down. That's how tough he is. Well, the Apostle Paul is tougher than Chuck Norris. The Apostle Paul is so tough that when he starts a fire, all he has to do is rub two ice cubes together to get a fire. That's how tough the Apostle Paul is. The Apostle Paul is so tough, he's so bad, that ghosts sit around campfires and tell Apostle Paul stories. That's how tough he is. Like when you read the New Testament, you just read it and go, man, he is this like super spiritual, spiritual hero. 
In Acts chapter 14, it says that he was preaching, and the people who were against Jesus, they didn't want to receive Paul's message. They started attacking him. They started throwing stones at him, so much so to where he collapsed under the attack, and they thought he was dead, so they dragged him out of the city and left him dead. And it says in the next verse that Paul got up a little bit later, dusted himself off, and went back into the city. Now listen, Chuck Norris can't even do that. In Acts chapter 16, it says that he was beaten and he was flogged and he was put in a prison. But it says around midnight that Paul started singing and praising the Lord. Why? Because his song was greater than his pain. That's the apostle Paul. Acts chapter 27 says he survived a shipwreck. Acts chapter 28 says that after he was washed ashore from the shipwreck, that he started a fire because they were cold. When he reached into the sticks to start the fire, it says that a venomous snake, a viper, fastened himself onto Paul. And you know what it says that Paul did? It says that he shook it off. Listen, it was way before Taylor Swift said anything like that. The apostle Paul was a bad man. But when we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see that Paul has a problem. He calls it a thorn in his flesh. We don't know exactly what it was, but what we do know from studying this verse is that it's not a picture of a thorn in the flesh like a splinter, like a rose bush to where you get a little thorn in you. It's literally like this sharp stake piercing into the flesh. This is something that caused Paul extreme pain, extreme dis distress, and he desperately wanted it gone. Look at what it says that he did as he's asking God for help in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. Paul says three times, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. He was pleading with God. He was suffering so much that he was begging for God to take the pain away. He was saying, God, I know that you can do miracles. I've watched you do miracles. You've performed miracles through me. I know that you're able. And God, I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm in a place of desperation. Would you please take this pain away? And look at how God responded. Paul records it in verse 9. He says, each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's a tough answer. Because maybe you, like Paul, have found yourself at times begging God, pleading with God. God, I know that you're real. I'm praying, I'm praying in faith. I've repented of any and every sin I can imagine in my life. I'm following the eight steps that Pastor Herbert gave us. Lord, I'm doing everything that I can. God, I need you to help in this situation. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there. And maybe you, like Paul, have had God respond each time saying, my grace is what you need. My power works best in weakness. And can I just tell you, I have to admit today, I, I hate it for Paul, but I sure like knowing this part of his story. 
because it makes me feel better about mine. You and I don't have to feel like something is wrong just because we haven't yet experienced our miracle. Paul was learning something through this that he says became more valuable to him than the healing that he thought he wanted. Look at how he says it in verse 9. He says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Man, I read that, y'all, and I'm just being honest with you. Paul's like, I'm struggling, I'm desperate, I'm pleading, I'm calling out to God. I'm asking God, help me, Lord, get me out of this. And God says, I'm not going to answer the way you thought, the way you're asking, but I want you to know you're going to discover that my grace is greater than all of your needs. It's sufficient. I want you to know that you're about to experience my power working through you because in the midst of your weakness, I'm working, I'm with you, and I've got you. And Paul steps back and he says, oh, I'm glad. He says, I'll boast. I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. And I read that, I'm like, Paul, that is awesome because a snake can bite you. And you can shake it off. Paul, that's awesome. I can't shake off a snake. And I can't even boast about my weaknesses. I don't know how to do that. But Paul's not denying his pain. Come on, church family, look at this. He's just zooming out and looking at a bigger picture. And he's saying if my pain is going to somehow bring a greater work of God's power through my life, that's what I really want. So verse 10, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. That's why I take pleasure in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am Strong. I'm so glad that Paul didn't get mad and frustrated and say, this is not what I ordered. This is not what I asked for. I'm glad he didn't give up and think, oh, well, God doesn't do miracles. He doesn't answer prayer. Instead, he looked back and said, this is not what I thought that I wanted. But upon further review, although the miracle looks different than what I asked for, this is actually a bigger and better answer than I could have imagined. I still have my problem, but I'm learning that God's power is bigger than my my pain. His grace is sufficient. And upon your first bite, you may not be so convinced. The initial disappointment, the initial frustration over not getting what you wanted may take a minute to work through it. But I know in my life, when I step back, when I zoom out, I'm confident that just like I've seen, you will see that God will help us to view our situation differently. Sometimes you don't receive your miracle because you don't ask. Sometimes it's because you don't have faith. Sometimes it's because there's sin in your heart. And sometimes it's none of those things. It's not that it's a bad request or a wrong approach, but like Paul, it's simply because God has something better for you. So what do you do? How do you handle it when your assumption is, 
I guess God has a different plan. Let me quickly give you three closing thoughts of how to handle it when God is answering in a different way in a different time than what you asked for or prayed for. Number one, trust him. Trust him. The old preacher said when you can't trace him, you can still trust him. When you can't see him, when you can't hear him, when you wonder why he's quiet or why he's not answering, you don't lose hope, you don't give up, you don't throw in the towel, you can still trust him even when you can't trace him. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, look what it says, and he will make your paths straight. Don't give up. He's still ordering your steps. Trust God. He's still at work in ways that you don't fully know or understand. How many of you know that he's never failed you before and he won't start now? Don't go by what you see. Keep walking. Keep trusting. Keep praying. Keep believing. Why? Because his power is at work even when we're weak. His power is greater than our pain. So don't run from the only source of help. Run to him. Press in even when it hurts, even when it doesn't make sense. Paul writing to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, so we're always, somebody say always, we're always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith Say it with me, not by sight. This is a walk of faith. We know that to be true. So why do I freak out when God calls me to trust him? It's a walk of faith. That means I won't always understand it. I won't always get it. I'll say, Lord, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I ordered. He's saying, trust me. You walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes, though, I have to admit my faith starts getting shaky. You ever been there before? Your spiritual legs start just getting a little wobbly. Sometimes I feel like my hope is slipping away. Listen, you got to strengthen your faith by staying anchored in the Word. We walk by faith, not by sight, but our faith is strengthened by the Word of God. So when I'm losing my strength, I've got to press into the Word. When my faith is weak, i got to get into the Word. When my hope is slipping, I've got to get into the Word. Romans chapter 10. Verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Be anchored to the word of God. Trust him. Walk by faith, not by sight. Secondly, number two, don't miss all of the little miracles while you're waiting on your big one. Don't miss all of the things that God is doing around you while you're waiting for something you're praying for him yet to do. I wish I had time to take you to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 17. It's the story of the Israelites. God has supernaturally delivered them from Egypt, taking them to the promised land. And they're like, we're hungry. At least in Egypt we had something to eat. God sent them manna from heaven. They'd wake up every morning to a God-provided breakfast of manna. And they said, but now we're thirsty. Need something to drink. God spoke to Moses and said, strike the rock. He hits a rock. Water starts coming out of the rock. 
Then the Israelites started saying, but in Israel, at least we had meat. Listen, they're grumbling. They're complaining. They're, they're literally saying, in the midst of eating manna from heaven, drinking water from a rock, the Israelites were saying, where's God? And I'm looking at that I'm like, you folks are crazy people. And then I look in the mirror and I go, oh my goodness. It's exactly what I do. In the midst of all that God is doing, I can become fixated on what I'm praying for that he has yet to answer or he's doing a work that's different from what I wanted. And I'm going, where's God? Where's God? Why won't he help? Why won't he do something? Why won't he step in? Why won't he deliver me? Listen, the devil would love for you to think that because God hasn't done this one thing, that that means God hasn't done anything. I'm asking you today, is your heart still beating? Did he wake you up this morning? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have a church? family that loves you? Do you have the hope of heaven in your heart? His strength is made complete. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. He's close. He's strong. He's with you. Don't miss all the miracles he is doing while you're waiting on the one you're still praying for. Third and finally is this, number three. Keep praying. Keep praising while our God is working. Say, how am I supposed to keep praying when I've prayed for so long and I'm still battling the addiction? I still haven't been able to get pregnant. We still haven't been able to get over this physical ailment, this condition. How, how, how can I keep praying? How am I supposed to praise him in the middle of this? Romans chapter 8. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Be anchored to it. Romans chapter 8. Paul writes this, verse 28. It says, and we know, not we hope, not we guess, not we assume, not we're wishing, not our fingers are crossed. We know, we're certain, we're convinced that in all things, somebody say all things. Come on, shout all things. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. Even the hard things, the difficult things, the dark things, God is at work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is with you. He's walking with you. He's at work. And his power is at work through your weakness. God's got you. You can trust him. I'm questioning in my own light when the night, when the night is dark, when I'm afraid, when I'm in pain, when I'm trying to answer questions from my baby girl, stuff she's wrestling with, going, Dad, I don't get it. I prayed. I called out to God. We fasted, and then this happened. All I can say is, he's too good to not believe. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep walking, keep trusting, keep believing because I'm convinced there will come a time you'll look back over your shoulder and you'll realize, oh, I thank you, God, that I didn't get what I thought that I wanted. I thank you, Lord, that your gifts are the best gifts, that your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts than my thoughts. Thank you, God, for being with me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I wonder by an uplifted hand, how many of you would say today, Scotty, I haven't seen my miracle yet, but I need God to strengthen me to keep trusting, to keep worshiping, keep believing, because I believe that God is with me. I just need his strength today. Would you raise your hand up all over the room? Awesome. Yeah, 
this. Lord, I pray for every single hand lifted, those watching online, all of our campuses, I pray that you would show them one day at a time, one step at a time, that your grace is sufficient in Jesus' name. Heads still bowed and eyes still closed. I want to pray for a second group. Those of you who would say, Scotty, the reality is I'm hesitant to call out to God because I'm not even right with God. If you're gut level honest, you'd have to admit that Jesus Christ is not your Savior and your Lord. He's not your King. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer before, or maybe at one time you were walking with God, but you've gotten off track. Listen, I want you to know it's not by chance that you're here today. You're here because God brought you here to not tell you about how mad He is at you, but He wants to remind you of how much He loves you. And no matter where you've been or what you've done, you're one heartfelt prayer away from having your sins forgiven, having a fresh start, a clean slate, a new beginning. I'm going to pray. Don't blow this off. Don't ignore it. You know if God's dealing with you and he's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, this is you. This is you. He wants to save you. He wants to rescue you. He wants to save you from your sins. He wants you to spend eternity in heaven instead of hell. But the choice is yours, and I'm going to pray. If you say, Scotty, I need that. I want that. I want to commit or recommit my life to Christ. I want to make Jesus Lord of my heart. That when I count to three, I want you to shoot your hand up and say, Scotty, include me in that prayer today. I need God to save me. One two, three. Come on, raise it up all over this room. You want to commit or recommit. Thank you, 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 thank you. Hands in every single section going up. Others, just raise it up before we pray. Anybody else, you want to commit or recommit your life to Christ. Wonderful. I want everybody who just raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Say, dear God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want to ask you to be Lord of my life. From this moment on, I've decided to follow Jesus. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.